Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Here we go. Here now with all of today's cruise and travel news and a bit of commentary. It's the guru of the seas himself, Tom Drake. It is indeed himself on this uh, Wednesday, Wednesday, February 14th. For you people back there in the Eastern Standard Time or in the United States, it's the year 2024. This is the podcast. I am the podcaster and you are the podcastee and that is the official... Mascot of this Wednesday uh, wild thing, I guess. And of it still confuses me. I'm uh, on board the Oceana Insignia, beautiful ship. And we are down under. We are in New Zealand. We are one day ahead, less six hours, and I can't get it straight. So actually, right now, it is uh, Wednesday for you, but it's Thursday for us. And yesterday... Uh, would have been Valentine's Day for us, also Ash Wednesday for us. And on Ash Wednesday, my wife uh, begins a fast of giving up things for Lent, like chocolate and French fries. But I explained to my wife yesterday that it was actually Tuesday in the United States, so it was Tuesday the 13th. So it hadn't really started yet. As far as I'm concerned, Lent is regulated by your zip code. And we live at 34746. And it was Tuesday there. So I went out and got a candy bar. And and she had some French fries, even though it was technically Wednesday. Does that make any sense? Oh, the whole thing's a screwball mess. We were in Taranga yesterday, Mount Monani, or what the hell? Mount Moni, whatever it is. It, it is gorgeous. Uh, wonderful weather. Really fabulous weather, 75, 76 degrees, pure sunshine, really, really nice. Uh, we're on our way to Napier, which also is going to be very nice. All of New Zealand, Mayacopa, Mayacopa, right now is as gorgeous as anything can be, but it's just too damn far. Uh, one, one, what is result of being, uh, we're doing basically quick hops, so the seas are very calm, but we're very close to shore. So the casino will not open till like day six of this cruise, day seven. And I guess that wasn't put in writing anywhere. And believe it or not, there are guests on board who came all the way from the United States to gamble in one of the smallest casinos in the history of cruising. There are one, two blackjack tables, one, uh, two, three card poker tables and one roulette table and some slot machines. So, and they're not happy, but well, what are you going to do? It just isn't a focus uh, with Oceana. It's there as a convenience, like toilets. It's never busy, anyway. Uh, but it's nice for us, very calm as we go from port to port. And some people don't. Hey, no casino. What are you going to do? Email for this extravaganza, the Drake Podcast at gmail.com. The Drake Podcast at gmail.com. Don't forget, coming to Florida. Uh, good friends of mine in February, February 25th at the Military Theater at the Heritage Museum in Punta Gorda. Uh, the great uh, Nashville-based fiddler 
singer, songwriter, guitarist, you name it. Ryan Joseph has spent many years on the road with Alan Jackson, who's now retired. He's out with his own band, with his wife, Danica Ports. If you live in Port Charlotte, Punta Gorda, Fort Myers, uh, Rotunda, Sarasota, it's worth the trip. Sunday afternoon, matinee. Check it out. The Military Heritage uh, Museum, the theater there. It's in Punta Gorda. You can find it. Just Google it, and you should go check it out. Also, my friend David Shannon at the Willow Theater in Boca, and I promised you I would have those dates, and I messed up. So Google the Willow Theater in Boca. What that show is, is the making of a phantom. It is a one-man show that David put together all about his years, uh, well, 18 months as the Phantom of the Opera. All that's involved in that, he does perform music from the Phantom, obviously. He talks all of it, the preparation it's really some kind of role. Um, that's at the Willow Theater. Uh, three nights, uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, at the Willow Theater in uh, in uh, March. March 8th, 9th, and 10th. I do have the dates. Okay. Uh, prayers for our military, of course, as always, uh, the men and women and whoever you are. Uh, nothing to say today about the uh, Hooties, no blowfish. They haven't done anything stupid. They are the iranian back whack jobs who are firing on non-combatant freighters and tankers, and they actually fired on a freighter that was coming to Iran, and Iran is supposed to be, obviously, the people controlling the Houthis, no blowfish. But nothing to add to that other than denials and whatever. Uh, wash your hands and wash your bottle. Wash your hands as always, norovirus. And that goes for on a ship and off a ship. If you go in a supermarket, they have sanitizers, use them. You don't know where people have been. You know what they've touched. Um, also, follow-up. Follow-up, I was uh, reprimanded uh, by a listener, a very good listener, who wants to know if I really don't remember what I said. No, I don't. So I did say last week that I was going to give you an update on Vista from a guest. No names here. A guest that was on board, loved it, went to Ember. You know, if you listen every day, the Ember was a cause of uh, controversy for myself. I was misquoted, misinterpreted, misreported, dissed and twisted, but it doesn't matter. Um, anyway, his report on Ember, Ember replaced Jacques, if you're Oceana guest, it replaced Jacques on Vista, his report on Ember. Ember is a wonderful addition to the list of fine restaurants available on Oceana ships. And that will be my, my narrative for the rest of my life. Ember is a wonderful addition to the list of fine restaurants Available on Oceana ships. I've just sobbed. If you don't know what that means, it means stay on brand. SOB. SOB. That's what I am. And that's what I just did. Stayed on brand. Ember is a wonderful addition to the, addition to the list of fine restaurants available on Oceana ships. Uh, happy Valentine's Day. I should have a ballad. I should have something, uh, you know, romantic, a little Nat King Cole, you know, love or something like that. But birthdays, not much. Murray the K. You wouldn't know who he is. I grew up listening to him in New York City, one of the great DJs of all time. And that was it. Murray the K and Rob Thompson. Who, Rob, Rob Thomas, who the hell's that? He was the lead singer of a group called Matchbox 20. Who are they? I had Matchbox cars. I don't know who he is. And then I did some research because I do that. And then I learned he sang uh, vocals on a Santana tune that I like. My nickname in high school, baby, Smooth. I was known as the Smooth Sledgehammer. <laughs> ow, ow. My friend, I'll tell you the tone is done. 
Uh, my friend Ian Finkel, we lost him during COVID, the world's greatest xylophonist. This was one of his songs, the world's greatest xylophonist. The song was Smooth, called Carlos Santana. And he would kind of lip, not what's the word I want, kind of talk the lyrics to this. Uh, Google Ian, you'll see him on some of my websites. One of the greatest guys, but man, could he play the hell out of the xylophone on this and the whole band would just rock. You just you just don't expect this kind of a tune. He wrote his own arrangements. He's one of the world's great arrangers. We miss him every day. The great Ian Finkel. All right, let's get going on this on this Wednesday. Let's hump it. Let's hump it. Here's the tease. To fly or not to fly? That is the question. How about that, huh? A little Shakespeare for you people in the morning. To fly or not to fly, that is the question. It's a survey that was done by the Associated Press and the Nork Center for Public Affairs Research. I'm sure those letters mean something. Mostly probably uh, <laughs> the buildings on the left side of the property. Let's leave it there. The NORC Center for the Public Air Re- yeah, whatever Research. And uh, they took a poll to see if people are afraid to fly, and according to this, about 7 in 10, about, what the hell is that? What is it? Yesterday, approximately 373,000 people. Today, about 7. Is it a, is it 6? 6. 6.5? What? About 7 in 10 adults say planes are, are, are a very or somewhat safe method. What is I'm sorry. I shouldn't have put this in today's podcast. I'm in a good mood. I'm ready to take the laptop and throw it against the wall. I didn't. I don't read it ahead of time. You know this. Stream of unconscious uh, podcasting. This is what they put about about seven. We don't know how many intent. How could you give any credit credence? Not Clearwater Revival credence to this crap. About seven in ten U.S. adults say planes are a very or somewhat safe. What the hell is that? They're either very safe or they're somewhat safe. Now, of the seven out of ten, how many thought very? How many thought somewhat? Somebody get paid to do this poll. This is why I get up in the morning and do this. Sooner or later, someone's going to pay me for bringing this information to your doorstep. The frustration that I feel. Anyway, even with that high level of trust, only about two in ten U.S. old. U.S. adults have a great deal of confidence that airplanes are being properly maintained or that they are safe from structural faults. None of these goobers fly. Now, I don't know. I don't, I'm not going too far with this. I didn't take my lisinopril yet. Um, but what, 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 did they, what was the phone list they used to call these goobers? These are the same people that get in the TSA line with a driver's license and have no idea what they're doing. The poll was conducted after a January 5th accident. Yeah, we know. The door blew off the Alaska Airlines plane. We've been there, leaving a gaping hole in the side of the plane. The hole in the side of the plane was almost as big as the hole in this survey or this poll. That led to... So they just... Uh, a majority of the people have at least a moderate amount of confidence that each is ensuring safety. According to Margaret Burke of Pensacola, Pensacola Florida... I don't enjoy flying. It is so unnatural. We're in a metal tube flying through the air. <laughs> that woman has a vote. Yep. Now, listen, I actually don't like flying either, but I never really thought about it. Oh, no, look, I'm going to get in a metal tube and go flying. Yeah, it's an airplane. 
It's not a metal tube there, Maggie. It's a freaking airplane. Anyway, I don't know. It's so unnatural. So is your uh, grammar. The fact that people do fly safely every day seems to me a miracle. Like a miracle. <laughs> Despite her fear, Burke will board a plane for a trip to California. Will she she'll be committed in a psychiatric? No. Uh, no, she's going to California. She has to fly. Oh, no, she's young. I have a three-year-old. Oh, good luck with that kid. I, and I can't put him in a car seat for three straight days. That's just unfair. So I'll put him in a tube that flies through the air. It's a miracle. <laughs> anyway, according to this uh, so-called poll, slightly fewer than half. <laughs> Here we go again. Was this supposed to be nothing but ambiguity? Is that the word? Ambiguous? Huh? About one quarter of the U.S. adults, we had that already, slightly fewer than half, 45%, have a great deal of confidence in pilot's training. Well, that's a crock. That's a crock. I have 100% confidence in pilot training. They are amazing. Sully was a good example. It goes on every day. These people land in terrible weather on short fields. These pilots... Men and women are amazing. Anybody that says they have 45% confidence, I'm not even going there. I'm not, okay. You're an idiot. There you go, all right? I'm in one of those moods already. You know, if I had a producer, I would fire him for putting this story in there. But uh, I don't have a producer. So who am I going to fire? Myself? You know what I feel about, you know? For the people all said, sit down, sit down, you're rocking the boat. When I'm losing it, I play James Taylor, baby. Sit down, sit down, you're rocking the boat. And the devil will drag you See, everybody can make mistakes, even the great James Taylor. Anyway, let's finish this up. Even with the variation, a majority of U.S. adults have at least a moderate amount of confidence. <laughs> I swear, I don't know who paid for this poll, but get your money back. Get your money back. If you need a poll done, just call me. I'll make it up. Uh, you know, I talked to seven people, and they, they're kind of excited about flying. Here's the tease. Get the fa out of here. <laughs> Get the fa out of here. Here's the. This is one of the dumbest stories I've seen in a long time. It seems there still is a rule on the books that on planes, the no-smoking sign can be turned on and off by the flight crew. It's on the books. It has to happen. The no-smoking sign cannot just stay on, even though you're not allowed to smoke in the lavatory, lavatory you know, join the bathroom. You can't fly anywhere. The sign, you must be able to turn it on and off. Why? Why would that still be on the books? Well, it's still on the books, so when, a, when, when they get a new airplane, they must ask permission from the to have a waiver for the rule on the books because the sign does not turn on and off because it never goes off because there's no smoking on planes that's been as long as I can remember. But the rule is still there with the So United takes delivery of seven new A321neos, A321neos. They take delivery, and somebody at United did not apply for the waiver. So it was found out they had seven planes in service, and they couldn't turn off the no-smoking sign, even though you're never allowed to smoke. 
So they grounded the planes. The planes had to sit there. And they had to make an emergency request to seek permission to add the aircraft to its existing exemption. It's a paperwork thing. But for 24 hours, seven planes were taken out of service. They had to substitute other planes. They didn't cancel any flights, but it was a bit of a kerfuffle. It was a kerfuffle because they still have in the books, on the books, a rule that says you have to be able to turn the sign off. Why? Why would you say turn the when, when, whenever? What, when the galley's on fire? Yeah, go ahead and light them up now in front of the plane smoking already. I love the federal government. As the FAA noted, this is not a safety of flight issue. Oh, only five planes. I'm sorry. I misspoke. Excuse me. Please, what am I doing? There's what I believe. I don't care what you believe. Uh, a spokesman uh, told uh, the agency that they're working quickly to resolve a non-safety issue that United had reported on its A321neos. <laughs> you can't make this up, kids. You cannot make it up. They couldn't fly these five planes because they sh- couldn't shut off the no-smoking sign that never gets turned off. That is why we pay thousands of dollars in taxes every year. And that's why they have a poll out where people are somewhat confident, but not that confident, and they're not that confident in the pilots. And then we're, we're you know, we're flying a tube. All right, next story. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. There but there but for the grace of four bolts go I. I like that one. There but by the way, one of my loyal listeners said they're kind of getting used to this. They preferred the NPR. Someone sends me an email. I hear it. I read it. But I like it. Uh, there but for the grace of four bolts go I. You know what it is? It's about Airbus and Boeing without doing Boeing sound effects or anything. Uh, the the chairman of uh, Airbus, his name is Guillaume Fauri. Guillaume Fauri, F-A-U-R-I. He was in Dubai kissing Tukis because he wants to sell at the World Government Summit in Dubai. I don't know what that's about. But you should not have a world government summit in a place where women are mistreated, homosexuality is a crime, freedom of religion is curtailed, and these idiots show up and have a world government summit there. They're all just such hypocrites, such frauds, such phonies. You know, they're off in the corner with the hookers and the liquor and the whole nine yards, and they walk around and pretend that whatever God is their God, and that's what they live for. But that's another story. That's another story. Anyway, at this government summit, um, he said, talking about Boeing, this incident makes us very humble. This incident makes us very humble. But in the back room, he's going, (laughs) we're going to kick their butt. Are you serious? We're going to take down those liberals in Seattle once and for all. We got it made. 
but he was nice. He publicly said, he said, with our competitor and with the rest of the industry, we share the objective of safe flights, safe modes of transportation for aviation. So that's never good when an incident is happening, whatever the type of plane. He's right. It's not good for the entire business when people are afraid to fly, whether it be on Airbus. And remember, uh, this is the company that, you know, had a couple of their planes at least one flying the side of a mountain because it's a it's a fly-by-wire plane and these two Chilean pilots forgot they could disconnect the wire and fly it themselves. So there are a lot of there are a lot of technical things with Airbus. They're lucky as hell. They they are building great planes. I read another article about this. Boeing was profit driven and outsourced so much of their construction to other companies that they couldn't keep an eye on them. And now of course now they're they're not. I think in January, one, two planes, now they're stalled. They're, right now, they're being inspected by everybody except the, the uh, CEO's mother-in-law. That's the only person that hasn't been in the plant looking at what's going on. And uh, Fowry said, we're just thinking again and again and again what we should be doing not to be in that situation. And are we well protected from events? And as I said to begin with, there but for the grace of four bolts would go Airbus. I kind of like that. It had a little ring to it, don't you think? Time for another mega mother. You can know what that is. Time for another mega mother. And also time to reverse engines and go back on what you said. There's a new boss at Carnival Corporation, John Josh Weinstein. And uh, you know how I feel about Carnival in general. They're turning Princess around, Holland America around, Carnival Cruise Line around. Well, it couldn't last. He made a point of telling Wall Street more than once, we're not going to rush to build another ship. We have all the ships we need. During the pandemic, they unloaded all of their gas guzzlers, the ones that spewed out the most toxic waste other than at the buffet, Mexican buffet. Uh, and they're, you know, they're a much younger fleet now. But, but they just signed a deal with the German shipbuilder Meyer Werft, and they're going to build another XL-class ship, 180,000 ton gross ship and it goes to the winner is carnival cruise line they're gonna get it it's an lng ship and it'll be ready in 2027 so they were thinking about this before that maximum 6400 plus guests and uh, uh not named yet doesn't say where it's gonna home port but according to josh weinstein with one new build scheduled for delivery in 2025, none 2026, and this order being our only expected new build in 2027, our responsible capital approach will support utilizing our substantial free cash flow over the next several years to strategically improve our balance sheet, significantly reduce our leverage levels, continue to, continue to transfer value from debt holders to shareholders, the hell does that mean? That means whatever the hell you want it to mean. You figured it out. It's a smart move. They have all the ships they need. But I guess they had a, a deal in place. They had to take one more. For, you don't want to mess with the Germans. That's all I'm saying. Uh, so they get one more carnival ship. But they have enough ships. So now they're going to concentrate on filling them. And not just filling them, but filling them for the right price. Filling them where they make money. Delivering better value. Create value and you'll get paid for it. Junk, you get junk money, junk bonds, but value. You go on there now, it's a new carnival. It's a new carnival cruise line. We're not into wet t-shirt contests. We're not into that. We're into 
better food. Emerald Lagasse uh, over overseeing all of the food operations. Guy Fieri is in there. Uh, Shaq's in there with his chicken thing, and he's the chief fun officer. So many smart moves, but the key is elevate the demographic, elevate the price point, create value, and get paid for it. Now, I'm no business genius, but I've been around 30 years, and the companies that do that are the successful ones. The ones that drop their pants in order to fill the ship and then drop the quality and disappoint the people. That's why this business has only increased in 20 years. It went up from 21 million to 31 million in 10 years. Yet they're building more ships than they have places to park them. So Carnival's doing the right thing. No doubt about it. And they get another Mega Mother. See Godzilla. Greyhound with life jackets. And it'll have a, I'm sure it's going to have a roller coaster on it and all the other bells and whistles. But it's a good move. What Doesn't make sense? Would you open up, you know, let's say you're in the, the department store business and you're, you're really doing well. You want to open another one right now or two more right now? No. You want to make sure the ones you have are, are doing very good business. That's tips from the guru. And you're all going, oh, just shut up. You don't know what you're talking about. 24 minutes and change. I thought this might be a little short today. Oh, we got two more stories. Here we go. This is an easy one. Longer season, eh? Longer season, eh? I was surprised to see this. The Canada New England season now will be eight months. It was. It used to be two months. You went to Canada New England in the fall to look at the leaves change color. But according to the ports of Nova Scotia, uh, it'll be the longest cruise season ever. It starts April 6th in Halifax and runs all the way to November. And according to Captain Alan Gray, he's the president of the Halifax Port Authority, we are very, very focused on sustainable development. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. I believe it's not- Of our cruise industry, meaning, I don't know, rather than have all the toxic fumes in two months, they're going to spread it out across eight. That's basically what he's saying. The 2024 season will run longer and sea ships visit spread out across eight months. This is good for our port local business, our provincial tourism authority. We know Nova Scotia is a top tier travel. Halifax is a great spot. No argument for me. Sometimes tough to get into, very windy. We've sat outside the port more than once waiting for the wind to die down because the uh, the pilots got a little chicken, um, but really nice. Uh, all of that, uh, Sydney, Cape Breton, it's nice. And, you know, I've often said, or i said many times, why do we always go here at the end of October when it's cold and rainy? Why are we not going here in the summer? Why are we not there? Now, you're not going to Bar Harbor and Newport in the summer. They, they don't want to hear that. So it's mostly going to be up there in, you know, Newfoundland and, you know, Nova Scotia out that way. But it's a beautiful time of the year. Why wouldn't you go there? And in the past, we didn't, mean, meaning cruise lines didn't. They went, um, you know, I really started maybe September, end of, end of October, and cold at the end of October, windy and rainy. And, you know, we pull into Port John there. Port John, that was called, yeah. And I'm like, what are we doing here? I say that a lot, though. And finally, and finally, hey, morons, do we need to know this? Hey, morons. 
Do we need to know this? You know the story of the Serenade of the Seas. It's the three-year world cruise that Royal Caribbean put together. And I wonder if they're not regretting this every day of their life because it's become a TikTok magnet. I am not on TikTok. I never will be. Uh, You know how I feel about China, and I do believe they're involved in that in a way. It doesn't matter. So anyways, somebody passed away on this ship. So what? All right? It happens all the time in this industry. I can't say that it happened all the time for me. I've been around it, but it happens. It happens. So somebody passed away, and some wacko moron goes on TikTok and announced that someone's died on our world cruise. Yeah, first of all, it's a three-year world cruise. Get used to that. I hope you brought a black suit. You can attend the ceremonies. It's going to happen. But why are you making a big deal out of it? So I'm wondering, you know, let's take the United States. In the U.S., a person dies approximately every 11 seconds, right? The number of deaths per year in the U.S., 2,830,688. The number of deaths per day, per day 7,755. So the next time, the number of deaths per hour, 323. So the next time you think you should go on TikTok and put up there, oh, somebody died on our ship, think about it and then shut up because it's not a big deal. It's a big deal to the people, you know, according to uh, one report, uh, it was an elderly woman. Oh, there's a shock. It happens. You know what? It might happen to me. It could happen. One day, you know, one day somebody's got to be emailing, hey, where's the podcast? Hey, where's the podcast? And the news will hit the airwaves. He's gone. No more podcast. But I hope they make it another week or two. But seriously, I saw this and I just shake my head. What's wrong with people? What? what what's wrong? Are you that bored? Oh, whatever. And I've told this story. I was on two world cru- I do world cruises, you know. Very famous comedian. And I was on first on, on the, the QE2 long, long time ago. And I got on board and the uh, cruise director said to me, whatever you do, don't talk about ashes or dying or whatever. Because seven or eight people died between uh, Sydney and Singapore. And I said, all right, I won't say anything. So then I, I got on the world cruise with Princess. And I told them. And I'm sure I told you on this podcast, I told them, I just came from the QE2, seven or eight people died between Sydney and Singapore. An actuary would call that an aberration. We just call it Cunard. Thank you very much. (laughs) It happens. So please, don't put it up on TikTok. Spare us. I do wish we could chat longer. Yeah, get him the hell out of here, will you please? I'm going. I'm going. There's a guy that lost his mind. The whole world is nuts. Will I get in trouble saying we need two different candidates? Probably. I should probably leave that alone. Can we find two young people? Is that possible? How about me? No. No. Although I once told the Holland America group after George Bush got elected, give me hope because at the time I'd only had one decent job and it had a DUI. It went over really well. All right. Thursday for me, Wednesday for you. So tomorrow will be Thursday for you and Friday. It's so confusing. Thanks for all the messages and the links to the shares. If you're enjoying the podcast, especially the new format, which is kind of angry, it's honest, it's pure, it's not invented. I'm not doing theater here. This is my genuine emotion. I mean, seriously, you take a poll and you put out 
weird weird you put up a poll where you don't give the numbers it's about it could be it might have been I don't know we think 7 out of 10 it could have been 5 we weren't paying attention the last 3 people they didn't make any sense they spoke a foreign language we don't know what happened so we think it was 7 out of 10 it could have been 45% it might have been 35% we're not exactly sure that is a poll Yesterday, they put it out, approximately 393,000 people. We run a port in Boston. We don't know how many. A couple of people snuck in. Maybe a couple of people didn't check in. I don't know. This is genuine frustration, surprise. What the hell's going on? Somebody straighten everybody out. I'll be here if you need me to do it. Have a good, have a good hum day. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Oh, you shut up, too. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.